0: How to Set Up a Calorie Deficit for Fat Loss, Six Steps, by Matt McLeod of McLeodConsultingServices.com. And I'm Dr. Neil Malek, reading you some of the most popular health and fitness blogs out there, with permission from the websites, of course. And speaking of, we recently got permission from Matt to narrate his content. He's a huge fitness, nutrition, and psychology nerd with his degree in dietetics and human nutrition. You can find him on Instagram at MattMcLeod6. So it's Wednesday and we're due for an inspirational quote. I actually happened to be reading a book on the science of happiness and stumbled upon such a quote. So here we go. Finish each day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities have crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day and you shall begin it serenely and with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. Ralph Waldo Emerson. And without further ado, let's get right to the post as we optimize your life. How to Set Up a Calorie Deficit for Fat Loss, Six Steps, by Matt McLeod of McLeodConsultingServices.com. Everybody is talking about it. Unless you follow Dr. Oz, the keto warriors, or the descendants of vegan gains, you've heard that a calorie deficit is the key to losing fat. We'll get into details later. But to refresh, a calorie deficit simply means your body's burning more calories than you're consuming. Think calories out greater than calories in leads to weight loss, with some few exceptions. A calorie surplus means you're burning fewer calories than you're consuming. Think calories out are less than calories in, which leads to weight gain. And if you're eating at your maintenance calories, you are burning around the same number of calories as you're consuming. Think calories out equals calories in which equals maintain stable weight. Now, I could get deep into the minutia of calories in and calories out and how your body, quote unquote, burns calories, but you probably don't give a about the science. What you do give about is me knowing the science and giving you the actionable steps to put into practice. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do. So now your question becomes, well, how do I know if I'm in a calorie deficit? Great question. I'm glad you asked because I'm about to share a secret with you. This is exactly how I set up a calorie deficit for my online coaching clients, so listen up. Step one, buy scales. Buy a body weight scale and a food scale. These are reasonably cheap and some of the best investments you can make for managing your body. Plus, there are two things humans suck at, estimating and remembering data. In fact, one study on daily food reporting showed even dietitians are off by up to 800 calories. Some non-dieticians were off by over 1,000 calories. So yeah, buy the scale so you don't do this. Step two, download a food tracking app. My go-tos are MyFitnessPal or Mike's Macros. The macronutrient calculator for MyFitnessPal isn't as great as the one for Mike's Macros. MyFitnessPal might just be more accessible in terms of how to use the app for some people. However, another downside of MyFitnessPal is their calories can be off with some of their foods. Just make sure your total daily macronutrients match up to your total daily calories and you'll be good to go. Any tracking app or using a pad and pen if you're a Neanderthal will work just fine. Step three, eat normally and track everything. Without drastically changing how you currently eat, track every single thing you put in your mouth for at least four days, preferably three weekdays and one weekend day. And be sure that you track very accurately. I say to eat normally because you want to find your current baseline. If you go changing everything you eat, you'll skew your results. And when I say track everything, I mean everything. Alcohol, condiments, oils, drinks, supplements, butter, sauces, desserts, you get the idea. Step four, average out your baseline. After tracking for at least four days, find the average number of calories you ate during that time period. For example, for you math whizzes out there, Let's say day one, you ate 2,300 calories. Day two, 2,100 calories. Day three, 2,300 calories. And day four, 2,100 calories. Your average would be 2,200 calories. How did we get that number? 2,300 plus 2,100 plus 2,300 plus 2,100 equals 8,800. 8,800 divided by four days equals 2,200 calories. Step five. Remain consistent with tracking weight and food for 14 days. Once you have your average calorie amount, try to hit it within plus or minus 50 of that average. Do that every single day for the next two weeks, including weekends, and weigh yourself every day in the morning, before you eat and after using the restroom first thing in the morning. It's important you try to mimic each day so you can get a realistic idea of what your typical intake and weight would look like. So don't do this while you're on vacation. Step six, analyze weight trends. If you followed step five correctly, we should now see a trend in what your weight does based off of how much food you're eating. If you're eating about 2,200 calories per day and your weight is trending downward, not down every single day because weight fluctuates, but let's say over the course of two weeks, you're likely in a calorie deficit. If your weight is staying about the same within a pound or so, subtract about 250 calories from your daily calorie goal and then keep that consistency. This is because if your weight is staying the same, it means you're eating around your maintenance calories. If your weight is trending upward, take away 350 to 500 calories per day because you're in a calorie surplus. To be fair, there are definitely more indicators of fat loss than just using your scale weight. However, it's a pretty good tool when determining a calorie deficit. I also have some of my clients take measurements, compare old clothes, and take pictures every four weeks to compare. If those tools suit your fancy more than the scale, go right ahead. Just be as objective as possible. And that's it. Now, you have to use trial and error to see what is going to work for you in the long run. But this should at least help you determine a baseline. In my opinion, this works much better than a random macro calculator because it's completely individual to you and your current eating habits. You just listened to the post titled, How to Set Up a Calorie Deficit for Fat Loss, Six Steps, by Matt McLeod Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Thanks again to Matt for his permission to narrate from his site. And now for my commentary. I know I've said this many times before on this show. When it comes to losing weight, it is just straight math. Kind of how Matt mapped it out. If you want to lose weight, you've got to create a deficit somewhere. You could exercise more so that will force you to burn more calories or you can reduce your calorie intake. Burning calories through exercise will take more effort, but it's of course great for your heart and overall health. Not having a extra soda is an easy way to reduce your calorie intake by at least 150, no problem. So either way, you've got to figure out how you're going to mess with that equation. But the thing is, is it doesn't always lead to fat loss. So yes, buying a scale, especially if you're really interested in losing fat weight, can be helpful. It'll keep you accountable but it doesn't always mean that when that number on the scale goes down, you're actually losing fat. We're learning from a lot of good data that when you lose weight, some of that can be fat, but actually initially, a lot of that is water or even muscle. We don't want you losing too much water or muscle. And so one way to combat this is to be sure your diet is balanced and that you incorporate some physical activity, particularly resistance training. That will help you preserve muscle. And the wonderful side effect of doing resistance training is Some studies are finding that the more muscle you have, potentially the more calories you burn all the time, even when you're asleep or at work or watching TV. If you don't have your own body fat percentage calculator or don't have anybody to help you with measuring your waist and hips, your clothes are a great indicator of whether you're losing fat. If you find that your pants, especially around the waist and the hips, are starting to get looser, you're probably losing some fat weight, which is great news. So regardless of whether the number on the scale is changing, if you find that your clothes are fitting better, you're probably losing fat weight. But if you want to get more specific, like Matt mentioned, buying a body weight scale and a food scale are things that I often recommend. All right, really quickly before I go, now that we're about a week away from the end of the month, I can't believe it, just a quick reminder that we give away books to random people on our mailing list on the first of every month. So, if you want to be a part of that for free, plus get some spreadsheets to help you optimize your life, come by oldpodcast.com and join the weekly newsletter. Again, that's oldpodcast.com, and it's totally free to join. All right, that'll do it for today. I'll be back for the Thursday show tomorrow, so stay tuned for that, where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show,